Hello, my name is Paul Boag and you're listening to Digital Insights. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about my methodology for carrying out a website redesign of an existing site. But before I begin, I should say I'm not a fan of periodic redesigns. I believe that they damage the user experience and often are an unnecessary expense for a business. However, I do accept that not every website is in a suitable state for being iterated over time and that a more extensive rethink may need to happen. So in this podcast, I want to explore how I work with my clients to manage the redesign of an existing website. To begin with, we need to look at why most organizations are getting the redesign of their websites entirely wrong. You see, typically the redesign of an existing website begins with somebody within the organization merely concluding that it needs doing for whatever reason. However, rarely is this conclusion based on any concrete data. Typically, it's made because the design looks a bit out of date or the technology is not fit for purpose. That is because a worrying number of organizations don't have any clear idea of their site's key performance indicators. Even more concerning, this decision to redesign an existing website often results in throwing out the entire site and starting again. There seems to be little attempt to isolate the problem and fix it. Next, various stakeholders are brought together to decide what the new website needs in terms of functionality. And again, these stakeholders rarely base their decision on any kind of data or analytics or analysis of user needs. They merely decide based on their observations. Only once the decision has been made, does the organization bring in digital professionals. That's often in the form of commissioning an outside agency, but can also involve taking um, the brief to an in-house team who's often treated as nothing more than a service department that's expected to build the site. In either case, the specification for the redesign of the existing website has already been defined without any input from those who understand the potential and limitations of digital. At this point, quotes are provided and timescales set with only limited discussion about whether the project is necessary or its scope correct. Once the quote is accepted, work begins and scope creep is the enemy and deadlines are unmovable. That leaves no room in the redesign process to learn or adapt at all, really. Yes, some minor tweaks may be made along the way, but with the constraints of the specification, timescales and budget all set, little real change will occur. Once again, user feedback is largely ignored. The result is that the organization has no way of knowing whether or not all of the effort and money they're putting into the site is worthwhile and whether it'll work when the website's launched. Only then will they know if the new website performs better than the old one, presuming that is they've even got any metrics by which to, to measure its success. Worse still, once the website is launched, the money dries up and people move on, meaning that there are no resources to fix any major issues that come up. Yes, there will be some minor maintenance, but that's about it. How then can we solve these problems? My key to a successful redesign of an existing website is recognizing that digital projects shouldn't be run like traditional projects. With digital, it's easy to learn about what works and what doesn't, as well as quickly adapt to what we learn. With that in mind, here are my 10 steps that I use when redesigning an existing website. One, have clear goals. 
Before I even think about redesigning an existing website, I establish a clear vision of what success will look like. Without clear goals, I've got no idea whether I need to undertake a redesign or what that new website will need to achieve. I will make sure that these goals are measurable so I can benchmark the existing site, something I'll come on to in a minute, and inform testing as I develop the new site, which I'll also talk about in a minute. Typically, I tend to focus on three critical areas, conversion rate metrics, engagement, and usability. Once I've clearly expressed my client's business goals in terms of these measurable metrics, I turn my attention from what the business wants to what the user needs. And that brings me on to number two, do your user research. To encourage people to act on a site, I need to know them. I need to understand what questions they have, what tasks they want to complete, and how they want to interact with my client's site. That means it's crucial I carry out user research before I start thinking about the specification for the project. It makes no sense to define content and functionality before I know what the user wants um, from those things. Once I know what the user is looking for and what my client wants to achieve, I can now look at the existing site and make an informed judgment about whether it needs redesigning in its entirety. Because that brings me on to my next point. Benchmark the existing website. I take my key performance indicators and the user research I've worked on with the client and use them to assess the existing website. In most cases, I also carry out some usability testing on the website too, and sometimes look at the competition for a frame of reference. Doing so provides me with a much more objective view of the state of the website rather than just redesigning it on the hunch of my client. Even if it feels obvious that a redesign is required, this step is still advisable. The client may be wrong. And even if they're not, benchmarking the existing website helps me ascertain just how much of a redesign is required. And that brings me on to the next thing, which is establish what can be kept, if anything. I hate waste and inefficiency. I believe in salvaging what I can from an existing website rather than starting from an entirely blank canvas each time. If the site's content is good, keep it. If the technology platform does the job, don't change it just because the developers want a new shiny toy. But most of all, don't create an entirely new design if you can evolve the existing design. That isn't just a monetary consideration either. It's also because existing users normally don't respond well when you make loads of changes to the design. You break their mental model of the website and so increase their cognitive load. If it's possible, we want to avoid that. It's also important to stress that there's no need for us to change everything in one go. Sometimes it's easier to upgrade a website in stages. I um, have to make a judgment um, on a case-by-case basis. And to be honest, there's no hard and fast rules here. However, if I conclude the content needs changing, which let's be honest, it often does, I start by looking at that before I consider technology or design. Brings me on to my next point, which is start with the content. It feels like the content is the most neglected part of any redesign of an existing website. Clients are often unwilling to pay for a professional to create their content, and it's often the last element of a redesign of an existing website that the client is willing to address. This attitude towards the content is dangerous as it's the content users come to the website for, not the design or technology. Also, it's impossible to create a compelling user interface for a website without understanding what content it will be supporting. 
I therefore start the redesign process of an existing website with the content and I always make sure the content begins with user needs, not what the company wants to say about itself. Until I have the first draft of at least some of the content, I won't even consider thinking about the design. I will also need an outline of all the content that needs creating in order to structure the information architecture. Because that's my next point, that you've got to then work on the information architecture. Because once I understand what content needs creating, I can start to address that information architecture. For me, that always happens before the design because I use the process of creating the information architecture to actually inform the visual hierarchy, which in turn informs the design. I rely on things like top task analysis and card sorting to create my information architecture. That ensures it matches the user's mental model and addresses their questions. With my site structure in hand and at least the first draft of content for some of the critical pages, I can now start to work with the designer to address the redesign of the existing website. That is a process that happens through the creation of increasingly sophisticated prototypes that I test relentlessly. So the next point is to prototype and test. My first exploration into the redesign of an existing website may well be nothing more than a few sketches. However, even these can be tested to see if the users understand the basic premise of the site and spot critical components. Sometimes I move into something like Sketch and start refining the design further. These prototypes can be tested using flash tests, preference tests, and other forms of design testing. However, the problem with tools like Sketch and Photoshop is that they're possibly the worst way to show the interactive and dynamic nature of a website. That's why I quickly move into the browser wherever possible. Once in the browser, I can start to build a prototype of a site structure and even input the first pass of the content. This prototype may lack any refined design, but it will allow me to carry out usability testing on the information architecture and the findability of content. This prototype phase is all about testing and iteration with the prototype moving increasingly towards an approach I can be confident about. The final iteration of this prototype will then become the template from which the final site is built. Effectively, it replaces the specification, but instead is built on evidence and allows you to avoid those endless discussions and debates. So once I'm confident with my prototype, we move into building the final redesign of the existing website. This is called the beta phase, which is mainly about using the prototype as a starting point to produce the release ready um, website with the full functionality and the ability to work at scale. I work with the client to refine and after testing, finalize their content. I spend time with the developers, helping them to understand the prototype and be clear about what they're building. But I also spend a lot of time with the client, the developers and the designers to establish a design system and associated pattern library for a, a redesigned site. From my perspective, this is a critical part of the process as it will help ensure the website can evolve post launch. That is important because I don't want to wait for the site to be perfect before going live. And that brings me on to my next step, which is to launch a minimal viable product. I've seen too many redesigns delayed as those involved endlessly tweak and agonize over every detail. That strikes me as absurd because in most cases, the site is already considerably better than what's currently live. I think this stems from a print mindset and the feeling that once it's published, you no longer have the opportunity to change things. 
but that shouldn't be the case with the web. If you've got the right attitude, funding, and relationship with your developer in place, you should be evolving your website post-launch. In most cases, I treat the initial go-live moment as about two-thirds the way through the project rather than being at the end. Instead of launching a perfect site, I begin with a minimal viable product. Some clients fear that they may alienate users if they launch a less than perfect website. In such cases, I tend to start with a public beta. In this scenario, the existing site remains online, but users are invited to try the new site. In either case, I closely monitor user behavior when this, uh, we go live so that we can learn and iterate upon it. And this is probably the biggest point of all we need to embrace continual iteration. Once the site goes live, you'll find me obsessing over analytics and using tools like Full Story to watch user sessions. If the site is an open beta, then I watch closely how many users are checking out the new website and then stay on it compared to those that retreat to the previous site. But whether open beta or live site, I'm tracking the metrics I define with the client at the start to establish how well the site is performing against the previous version. Based on what I observe, I then start optimizing the site and making improvements. If I spot something is underperforming, I may run an A-B test using possible fixes to see if they perform better. Over time, I typically take a step back, but the work will continue um, with the client taking on the role of monitoring the site and testing possible improvements. By continually optimizing and iterating the existing site, it avoids the website getting into a state where it will never need a complete redesign again. Of course, to ensure that the site continually gets the attention it needs, it will need a team of people continually working on it. The site will need to move from being a capital expense for the organization to an operational one, just like your marketing budget. At the very least, the site will need a product owner who's ultimately responsible for its success. Unfortunately, all too often, and despite my best warnings, I see websites flounder once I step back because nobody is dedicated to its success. Instead, responsibility is shared across many, and so it ends up being at the bottom of everybody's to-do list. So let me leave you with a few key takeaways for the next time you redesign in order to ensure that it's the last time you redesign. First, Avoid redesigning your website if at all possible. Instead, evolve and upgrade what you've already got. Two, stop treating your website as a capital expense every few years and instead continually invest in it. Three, have clear goals for your website. Four, validate and test it at every step of the journey. Five, use prototypes instead of writing long specifications. Six, start with the content and seven, make sure somebody specific owns the website and is accountable for its success. So I hope this glimpse into my methodology has helped. And if you need a guide through your next redesign process, I'm here to help. Just email me at paul at boagworld.com.